ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Bonfire Sessions. I'm your host. Ooh, it's been a while since I did that voice. You like it? <clears throat> Should we have a more official introduction like that? It was okay. What's it from? I don't know. It's just a radio <laughs> voice. It's from just that, a voice that you did. It's a stupid voice. <laughs> it's a stupid radio show voice. Mm-hmm. A, a, a early morning talk show host. Hey, welcome to K101. Okay, I can hear it now. Uh, it's a good day to be alive. It's a lovely, uh, it's cold as, cold as fuck out here. It's not cold as fuck, it's just chilly. I love it. Yeah, first really cooler day of the season. Yeah. Which, we're in California, so it's like the upper 40s, so it's not even that cold. But it's just lovely. This is where I get my pluvial file on. Why does this guy gotta drag a motherfucking trash can, man? It's distracting. Stop that shit. So anyway, how was your day? Oh, like I said, pretty pretty boring, you know. You just clean toilets, clean people's shit. I did a lot of vacuuming today. A lot of vacuuming. Yeah. Vacuuming up people's nails. Yeah, <laughs> clipped nails. nails and... Do people do that shit? I think you've mentioned that they do. They do. I mean, it's kind of uh, it's not an uncommon thing. Really? Piles of nails. I guess if you're in your own house, who gives a shit? As long as you clean them up eventually. But in a, in a public space? That's more surprising, that's, but that's, still, you know, inside at home, that's like, that's still kind of shocking to me. Like, yeah? Can't take it outside? Oh, I've done it. I sweep it up, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, to each his I ain't own. No, I ain't no slob. That, but. Don't judge. Lest you be judged, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but I've... <laughs> I found toenails around my place, and I know it wasn't me. (laughs) Just saying. You got called out. Someone just got called out. I just can't believe people do that. I mean, what are you wearing, flip-flops to church, or are you popping your shoe off? Or is it fingernails? Are they doing toes? Don't tell me they're doing toes. You seem to forget the big fucking nails. You're like, that's a toe. They're pretty big. Oh, shit. Really? Who the fuck does that? It's not very (laughs) Christ-like. I mean... Inconsiderate a-holes, actually. That's who. Uh, so you did some vacuuming. You vacuumed up some Christian nails. That's good. Good, good on you. Did you get a, you got a crown for that? In your crown of jewels, the Lord above is happy with you. Well, that's cool. I never thought of it that way. Oh, you should. You should think about that every day. <laughs> well, yeah, I had a I had a decent day. Just did a little work, a little work to pay the bills. Because we all know this shit ain't paying no bills, so I had to do some of that. You know. Not very much of them. No. Not even a bill, I don't think. Shit. Maybe, uh, I think it probably pays for Disney+. Plus. Oh, there you go. Yeah, maybe Netflix. I'll take it. I would podcast for a free Netflix subscription. You're like, shit. I fucking do that, I guess. I don't know about Netflix anymore, but definitely. You don't fuck with Netflix anymore? Right, I guess I'm speaking out of ignorance. It's oh. we we've had it canceled for a while. Oh, you've been canceled, huh? But there is a Chappelle show, a Chappelle episode or special that you haven't seen. That I haven't seen all the way through. Yeah, the new Scorsese film is pretty good. We've uh, it's like three and a half hours though. We've had two sittings and we've only made it like less than halfway through. Which one was it? The Irishman. Oh. It's got fucking De Niro and um, Pesci. It's got Maniscalco, my, one of my favorite comedians. It's like a mobster, crime uh, family sort of film. Isn't there somebody else who's famous that I saw on the cover? Oh, fuck. Uh, Pacino. 
All right, you said it. I think he plays a lawyer. It's pretty good. I like it. Hmm. But, geez, three and a half hours. I'm an old-ass man by 8 o'clock. Put my daughter down. Mm-hmm. I ain't fucking sitting until 11.30. I can try. In vain. <laughs> I've smoked a little weed prior. There's no fucking way I'm making it to 11.30. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but, you you're know. Not, you're not in your 20s anymore. No. Not a young, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. But, uh, so anyway. <laughs> I remember when someone was like, you say so anyway all the time. So now I try to say it all the time. We are drinking. I didn't realize this was Bacardi. We went rum again. We went for the hat trick yeah. three in a row. We've got Oak Heart spiced rum. A little bit of soda pop. And uh, it's actually pretty good. It's tasty. <clears throat> it's like dessert before dinner. I'm just liking the rum and coke lately. It, yeah, it's it's going old school. Kicking it back to the mm-hmm. old school, yeah. Like we were in our 20s again. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hoping I feel okay tomorrow. Well. We, we don't have to go overboard. Yeah. Just don't drown your sorrows. Just wetting them. <laughs> just drizzle on them. <laughs> yes, that, that is good advice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. So let's get into it for another episode. And last time we talked about the devil. Mm-hmm. I felt like we could have talked a lot more about it. You can get all scholarly and shit. You can go deep. But mm-hmm. that's what books are for. So read books, man. Don't listen to this podcast for the end-all, be-all answer. I swear to God, you're going to come up disappointed. <laughs> so this time we're going to talk about mimetic theory. And I've uh, I've never talked about mimetic theory just casually. I've either been interviewed about it or chimed in here and there about it or written books about it or blogs. But I've never just shot the shit about it. I mean, we have before, but it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Not on the show. This is the first time on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sat around the bonfire and talked about it, especially when I first discovered it. It's been a long time, though. It's been a good couple of years, I think, since I really thought about it. Yeah. I think that's the weird thing about, about the theory, is I got way into it. And then once mm-hmm. you just kind of see it, and I put see like in quotes, and what I mean is like you see it happening in real time. You don't think about it as much. It just becomes like kind of second nature. You see it everywhere. You see people being mimetic. You see people being imitative, copying yeah. each other. But it's it's more in the background. It's more of like a lens, not something you focus on. Right. I mean, it becomes you know part of your worldview that you just kind of right. um, yeah you think about unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you know the same thing about. You know, all the big things that I've studied, universalism or Buddhism. Sure. I don't really think specifically about universalism much, right. much anymore. <laughs> right. Philosophical arguments. Right. <laughs> all those. Uh, let me think about Talbot's triad today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does become a worldview of sorts. And I'd say that I'd, I, I don't like sit here and like try to force it into things. Because a lot, a lot of people say, oh, you think it's a theory of everything. No, it just becomes a tool in the toolbox. You got hammers, you got wrenches, you got screwdrivers. It's just one of those. Um, there's certainly other things that impact humanity, what it means to be human, how we live with each other. So, <clears throat> but it's a helpful one. I certainly see it all the time, <clears throat> especially with children. Mm-hmm. They're, a little, they're a little less filtered. Right. It's a little, it's a little less subtle. But it's become a, it's become a proven tool, like a, like a. I don't know. There's just so much explanatory power to it. Yeah. Kind of like, like evolution. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. And and I'm glad you bring that up because it's it is a scientific theory. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a anthropological sociological theory. So it develops in the human sciences. And being a theory in the sciences, it explains the most at this point and if something supplants that then it has to be tried and right. hypothesized over and blah 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 and see it re- see it repeated and things of that nature mm-hmm. and then you develop a theory based on that. And if you study really any of the sciences, psychology, anthropology, sociology, even archaeology, you see evidence of this human behavior, mm-hmm. which is really cool. There's this great book, How We Became Human. Uh, it's a bunch of scholars from different disciplines talking about mimetic theory and how it applies um, to the different, uh, you know, focuses. Mm-hmm. Foci? Foci? How the fuck you say Foci? Foci. I want to say Foci. Yeah, that, that sounds sounds official. <laughs> <laughs> which is Which is, you know... It's pretty, uh, I'm not surprised. Not, I'm not surprised at all, but it has, mm-hmm. it does have a lot of explanatory power. So, um, for those who don't know, I guess we should talk about why and what it is. We're kind of just assuming that people listening would know mimetic theory, but a lot of people still don't. It's a still relatively new theory in terms of. You could kind of guess what it is just by the name. I mean, sure. A theory of behavior that we're mim- yeah where we mimic we imitate each other uh, that would be the one sentence definition I suppose but then it gets into how does that affect our relationships with each other how does it affect our culture and how do we develop culture mm-hmm. with this as a mechanism through which we learn through which we behave and that's where I think there's a lot of cool insight into well why do we develop these cultures. Well, there's certainly other explanations, but the fact that we imitate each other, which leads to us wanting to fight with each other and being rivalrous with each other, and we actually come together when we can divert that attention of all of us fighting with each other to this one person that we can scapegoat. That's, I think, the crux of the power of Gerard's theory, is the scapegoating Mm -hmm. part, Mm -hmm. and explaining why... We almost non-consciously fight so much with each other. And why we develop these archaic rituals, like sacrifice. Why we develop these archaic laws that are in the Bible. We're like, what are these laws from? Well, it comes from actual things that happened. We develop a law based on something that happened. We're like, oh, we can't have that happen anymore. And then you develop a law. It's like, why are those things happening? Because we're doing some crazy shit to each other. (laughs) Yeah, if everybody were angels, you wouldn't need any laws. Right, (laughs) right. Or, you know, if everybody mimicked Christ, then, you know. That would be. We wouldn't need laws, yeah. probably. That's a, that's a reason why I still like kind of I like the Bible a lot. is because the story is in there of imitation and rivalry and sacrifice and moving towards an imitation of someone who's not that way. So you could say the kingdom of man versus the kingdom of God. How do we structure things versus how does God structure things? And it takes into consideration this imitation nature, which is why I think Jesus said a lot, like, follow me, imitate me, because I'm only imitating the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. this kind of, wow, why are we imitating him? Well, this is, this is one reason why. Because from, from the first two brothers, Cain and Abel, we've been killing each other ever since. Yeah, even, uh, I've heard that even from, you know, the church that I don't necessarily, you know, agree with now. Be imitators of Christ. Right, right. So what does that mean, though? I mean, that certainly raises the question, going back, well, what does imitating mean? What is Christ like? 
And I think mimetic theory helps realize that we're all just copies of each other. So be a copy. If you're going to be, you're going to be a copy of something essentially. So be a copy of the one who only copies what is in essence love. I mean, you, you have to assume that, I mean, the, the imitation was built into us, you know, for, for a good purpose. Like, I think it points to something or can point to something good in our nature that we, that we imitate people. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of anything like nothing immediately comes to mind as to why. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I think it gives us, it does give us a sense of community. It gives us a sense of oneness, realizing we're all just the same. We're all one. We all are connected in some way, yeah. relationally, especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's how we yeah, learn. For sure. It's how we learn. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been proven from psychologists, uh, Metzolf and fuck more. Uh, I think it was Jean Piaget. Jean Piaget um, had the idea mm-hmm. that we learn how to imitate, and I think Andrew Metzolf and I think it was more. Oh, look another, at you! Another, yeah, fucking, I'm dropping names. <laughs> I dorked out on this for a long time. Um, kind of refuted that notion. I don't know when in the 1900s, sometime. That no, we actually learn through imitation. We learn by imitating mm-hmm. from the time we come out of the womb. We learn facial features from our mom. We learn expressions. Da 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 da. Ba, ma, we we start copying those sounds that we hear with our mouths. We move our yeah. mouth in the same way, and we learn language. I guess I was kind of thinking that. It, I mean, it's like the ultimate um, form of of humility. Um, oh, totally. Like Im- imitation is the most sincere is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. It points points to a nature that is humble. Um, sure. Ultimately. Yeah. And, and the and I think the ability to um, I think theologically this is where I like to apply it because it doesn't say a lot about theology per se, but um, I think it can. Is that if God can show what God's self is like, which is humble and serving and other oriented, and then can incarnate into a human so that we can have a model to follow i think i think then we get a very relational view of god we get a very um a very clear picture a sobering picture about what we're like because <laughs> this violence is like built right. into the fabric of who we are um, but then we get a clear picture of what god's like through a servant who you know washes the feet of other people who doesn't say whether you're in or out he just mm-hmm. serves you I mean, shit, right. he gave Judas, he shared a meal with Judas and fucking washed Judas's feet too. So it's this other oriented mm-hmm. focus of love that we can actually look at and say, okay, that's how I imitate God. That's how my, that's how I can be like God. I think that's cool. Yeah. On the flip side, we realize how shitty we are <laughs> <laughs> and how we'd much rather take on other models. Well, it's like... We've all been given some sort of uh, power, um, like, I mean, human beings specifically got, you know, the power of self-consciousness. Mm. And it can go, it can be either, uh, you know, used for the power of good or the power of evil. Totally. And I guess Jesus would show the the full potential of, you know, this this faculty that human beings have or mm-hmm. it has either the you know 
the potential to be humble or the potential to be yeah yeah whatever yeah i think that's um that's how this is where we need allegorical truth when we <laughs> approach scriptures um this is the truth that i find like in jesus's being tempted in the wilderness by the devil right i mean we have this uh, i think i think it's an internal struggle for power mm-hmm. for um you know, I mean, there's, there's this, the things that Jesus is tempted on are the things that humans desire and it's, and it's, it has to do with power and status mm-hmm. and the, the imitative pull within Jesus is to follow the father or to follow, follow the Satan. So the Satan, I think represents this imitation of each other that that's a part of it mm-hmm. that we then strive for power and status and climbing the ladder up and and stepping on the feet of a, and, and hands of others to get there sounds a lot of the temptations of the ego <laughs> yeah oh totally totally i think that's what it, that's a part of what it represents building upon our conversation of satan mm-hmm. last time i think it, it totally has to do with the ego i think jesus could have used his ego to feed it or to submit it to love and service and mercy and grace yeah and the, the, the ego's role is only those one or two things. To empty itself, it still exists, but it empties itself to imitate love. Or it feeds itself to imitate one another. And, and we all, we basically want, we basically imitate each other for status, for things, for power. It's not, and it's not even the things. It's the things that give us status. No one cares about having billion dollars laying around what are you gonna do let's say dollars are worth nothing do you want a billion dollars in your bedroom just sitting there no it's a mess i mean right inherently they don't have any value no No, it's the status it gives you it's the things it's the it's the jets and the people look up to you and all that kind of (laughs) stuff it's not the thing itself that's the crazy thing about our behavior Mm -hmm. we don't care about these things really we care about them because i think you care about them and everyone cares about them would I really want a jet ski if if my friend didn't have a jet ski? <laughs> if you loved jet skiing and those sort of things, right. maybe. Sure. But I think a lot of people have those sort of things, and then they never even use them. Because they're not boaters. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you know, That's the impression I get. Like They got fucking boats, and they got jet skis, and, they got, and then they don't even use them. Because they're not really into it. It's a status thing. It's because my neighbor got it. It's because my friend got it. It's because someone I know that I look up to got it. And I don't want to have the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a way to belong. It's a, you know, which is neither a good or bad thing, right? It just is. It leads to some crazy shit. Feeding the ego, yeah. you know, fucking fighting over shit. Black Friday, look at Black Friday. No one gives a fuck about that TV, really. They want to get the TV because everyone wants the TV because it's a deal and everyone knows it's a deal and I want the deal and you don't get the deal. You know, that's what I thought. <laughs> actually, having a really big TV is actually really nice. It's oh, there's, like, that's part of it. Yeah. I don't have one. It's like 40 inches or 42. <clears throat> it's kind of small, relatively speaking. Like, I thought, what's the big deal about having a 65-inch TV? But when you actually put it in your house, <laughs> it's really nice. Oh, totally. But Totally. But totally, yeah. Yeah. I get what you're it's saying. not yeah it's not a it's not a theory of like 100% explanatory power again it's it's of course yeah if i see if i see a 
soccer match or a, a hockey game on an 80 inch screen TV and like mm-hmm. crystal clear. And it's like, holy shit, this is fucking cool. And I watch it on my laptop. It's a lot different. I don't mind watching it on my laptop. It's comfortable in bed and shit. But if I really want to get down on a game, be like, okay, have the experience. That's a cool experience. I don't think there's anything my medic about enjoying that experience. I just think it explains the propensity for culture to engage in these sort of things. We don't know. We don't know why we're buying this brand of makeup, but this fucking celebrity who we all look up to endorsed it. So we're going to do it. We don't know why it's better than the other brand. We don't know if it's healthier, if it's got shit in it. If it, I mean, sometimes, yeah, some of us care about that kind of stuff. Most time it's just like this person's name is on it. I look up to them. I kind of want to be like them. I want to imitate them. And then we fucking, we get it. We're like, why? That's why people, that's why fucking, I think, I think subconsciously advertisers recognize this behavior. They might not be able to talk about it in depth, but that's why they use celebrities to sing songs in their jingles. And yeah, I mean, who's going to sell more makeup? Um, like, a supermodel, right. a famous supermodel, or, you know, your next-door neighbor. Right. Probably the supermodel. Even if the next-door neighbor was just as attractive, let's say. Mm-hmm. Or even if, like, the uh, nationwide is on your side. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If to pay, do I have to pay royalties for that shit now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one guy, that country singer. I don't know who the fuck it is. <clears throat> but I can picture him. And they're not going to use a guy who can sing just as well. They're going to use that guy. Mm-hmm who is obviously a musician, he's talented, he's professional, but they could use just as professional as of a singer and sing that little jingle. But no one gives a fuck about that guy. No. They want this other guy. Brad Pitt is going to sell more healthcare products than... Uh, you or I? Well, me. Yeah. And you're just as good as looking as Brad Pitt. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> just trying to stroke your dick. Oh, <laughs> No, but yeah, I see what you're saying. You're an attractive guy, but Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt, right? I mean, I know I'm a decent looking dude, but I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not about mm-hmm. to be on some sort of fucking advertisement. I've only sold a couple thousand books, not millions. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't give, I don't give a shit about my goofy ass. <laughs> and, but but more importantly, they recognize that most people wouldn't give a shit about my goofy ass. They want the name everyone knows because we all know them. We all want to be like them. And that's, uh, that's what we get. That's what we get. Shit's been going on for since the recorded history, though, in some form or another. That's the crazy thing about, about this theory. We can look back and see the sort of things in the writings and the mythologies and uh, see this sort of behavior right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing much new under the sun. Like, no, not a lot. Most philosophies have all been around for since time began. <laughs> I mean, conservatism, liberals, I mean, they've been around since conceptual thought. Yeah. Well, and as they say, we stand on the shoulders of giants. So, even fucking Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, they built on pre-Socratic philosophers in Greece, Heraclides, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, others. <laughs> it's the only one I can name by name. <laughs> I mean, I, right, that's that's kind of funny. Like, I I tend to think of Plato and Aristotle as, like, rock bottom, but they got, yeah. they got their... They got their shits from somewhere. They're standing on their own giants. That's right. I wonder who from. 
I, yeah. I mean, there's some, but go back another generation, another generation, you didn't start to not really know. It gets a little ambiguous. So then you, I mean, you get all the way back to like, I mean, you got to go all the way back to like recorded history, cave drawings, and then try to interpret those. And this came to this and this came to that. And 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 that's really as far back as you can go, right? I mean, yeah, you can do, um, you can do like, um, sites like, um, Stonehenge type stuff where they're stacking rocks and you can see. Sure. But other, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. The, I think that the, the, the furthest back they go is Goblecki Tepe in, in Turkey, 14 to 17,000 years ago. Hmm. Um, I don't know if there's an older site than, than that. And then, and then there's, uh, some other ones that I can't pronounce. I've written them down, but I can never pronounce them. And then you've got paintings and you, you've got, what what what's funny is that you notice like um, in Gerard's theory, you have the whole uh, coming together with against one the kind of sacrificial violence, and they have that those sort of paintings of hunters, like all getting around this hunt and killing it, and they're drawing that, and that's important to them. So how do we interpret the importance of all coming together as and killing this this animal? Well, for food, of course, you know. <laughs> hunger is not a mimetic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think once you start getting to the language and written language, even in its most archaic forms, there's deeper meaning than just, we're hungry, so <laughs> we killed this thing. I think there's there's probably something deeper going on there. But maybe they'll find some older shit. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm sure we always find new shit. Yeah, I kind of want to say it doesn't really matter because, again, you know, there's not much new. I mean, uh, human nature is human nature. Right. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we understand human nature. We, we disagree with each other on it, but I think religion plays a big part of that. So human nature, you know, Calvinists would say we're totally depraved. We can't do anything good on our own. Um, I think there's a more nuanced view that we probably have these two poles, one towards evil, one towards good. <laughs> that seems to be a little more accurate than the fact that we're all totally depraved. Right. And I would say, you know, that that is, that's human nature. I mean, yeah. That, well, it's like, you know, the mark of sanity is realizing that everybody has a bit of insanity mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that you're messed up a little bit. Yeah. Not totally. You're not a complete psychopath. No, but you have a dark side. Yeah. The dark side. That you can give in to. Totally. Yeah, I forget who said it. I think it was a Russian dude who said the line, um, the line between good and evil runs directly between each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I'm That's, not getting the exact quote, but <laughs> whatever, whatever the exact quote is. I mean, it's a kind of a beautiful, yeah. I mean, poetic. Yeah. Again, profound and deep and profound, impactful, but humbling at the same time. Yeah. Totally humbling. Maybe ultimately humbling. Sure. Yeah. Which the profound truth of do not judge <laughs> comes into play. Yeah. Like, and I don't think, I don't think we take that again. Uh, everything. What is it again? What's the quote? Shit. Um, uh, fuck. <laughs> it's like being in the middle, except, or no, what the fuck? I, I, I totally fucked up. I Did totally you just say it? I, no, I didn't say shit. Okay. I can't think of it. My, my brain farted. We said it the other day a couple times. Ah, fuck it. Now it's gone. Do you have a Do you have a hint? No, I'd have to listen to an old episode. Ah, fail. Epic fail.
but essentially, like, don't be extreme in, oh, in your... Everything in moderation except moderation. Including moderation. Including moderation. moderation. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for bailing me out five, sec- <laughs> five minutes later. You got it, though, eventually. Yeah. Happy to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, when it comes to human nature, everything's in moderation, including moderation. Like, we can judge uh, some things. I mean, we certainly judge, like, if we'd like, if something is poisonous or something is healthy. We make judgments about that. Science is based on judgments. and <laughs> I mean, discernment is different from being judgmental. Oh, totally. But sometimes yeah. they get confused. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every time you say something, oh, you're being judgmental. No, I'm not being judgmental. I'm judging something in some way. I'm just, no, I, I actually can look at the world clearly and say that yeah. some things are bad. Yeah, totally. And all the time. Absolutely. So there's some, I don't think like Jesus ever meant like, do not judge. Absolutely. I mean, don't make a law about that though. So that's why I'd, like, what's the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law going on something like that? You can judge, just don't be like judgmental. Don't be judgmental. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because we're all my medic and we're all connected in some way. And that's very, mm-hmm. very humbling. Mm-hmm. It's very sobering. Blows apart the libertarian free will understanding. I think that's why I was glad, like, the first time we talked to your dad, and he kind of blew that up for me. <laughs> and But then offered a more compatibilist free will idea. Hmm. Kind of like what David Bentley Hart would say and mm-hmm. Talbot. Um, and I was like, oh, my medic theory fits right into that. Hmm. And I was so glad. Cause, mm-hmm. And then when I explained it to him, he was like, yeah. That, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, it, it rips apart the libertarian notion of free will. Just based on my medic nature. We are not autonomous individuals. Yeah. We're we were much more interdividual as that's the mm-hmm. that's the term Gerard quoted. I mean coined. I gotta turn down this brightness, man. This computer's blaring my eyes off. Yeah, your face is all lit up. <laughs> it's getting dark out here. It is dark and cold out here. Which is to say awesome. Which is to say awesome. It is yes. Perfect opportunity to talk about my medic theory. The only thing missing is a freaking bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an actual bonfire. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Next time. Next time, my friend. No, yeah, I mean, number one priority next week. Absolutely. Number one priority? Oh, after the booze? Yeah. After the booze, man. And the recording equipment. Remember that one time I forgot it? I felt like <laughs> such a dipshit. I didn't forget it, I forgot the mixer. To be honest, I was actually a little, a little relieved. I don't think I was up for podcasting that day. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Normally I'm pretty OCD about shit, man. I don't forget shit at all. No, it was a surprise. It's like, oh. No, I'm pretty yeah, OCD, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? What's wrong, man? Are you distracted? Is your marriage okay? <laughs> are you guys on the brink? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said at the start, man, I don't even think about my medic theory anymore. I don't read books on it. I know there's more scholarship coming out and all that shit, but... Yeah, I don't want to be a scholar. I know I know enough to talk about it pretty much to anyone. I think that's I think that's healthy. I mean, you you make up your mind on a certain subject and then you move on. Yeah, I don't stay closed minded if I hear alternatives against it. Like, yeah, I'll say, oh, okay, yeah, this doesn't stack up. All the ones I've heard are pretty weak. Um, <clears throat> so you know, I don't want to be closed minded to other ideas. It's just it's like I, I just don't want to go deep on everything all the time. Well, you get to a point where you realize. Okay, most of the information out there isn't changing my mind one way or another. No. I think you really know when you're 
So this is the problem with fundamentalism, I think, is that they think they're 100% right all the time, pretty much. That's kind of the definition of fundamentalism. <laughs> and whereas, like, okay, I realize I didn't know shit, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest about it. I probably am, like, 95% solid on my worldview, my mm-hmm. philosophy, because I put in the work. Yeah. And you always got to leave that little percentage. And I, I'm not saying I'm going to go up. No. Because I, I, I'm, I'm content right now. Like, I don't read right now as much as I was. I'm not watching lectures. I'm not watching debates. I'm just, I'm good here. Maybe it's 92%. Maybe it's 90 But I'm, I'm happy. I'm passing. I got a passing grade. I'm good. I'm going to sit for a little bit. I'm going to relax. I don't want to get a PhD in something. I don't. I think, I think my, that's what my dad would label as Aristotelian realism. Oh, okay. It's like you. Dropping terms now. You, you can say with, you can say like with 100% certainty. That, you know, I know 80% of oh, okay. what I claim that I know. Okay. I don't know which 80% I know. Yeah. But after it's revealed which, what I was correct on, I was correct about that to begin with. Yeah. Okay. It, it's a very, very paradoxical yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, way of putting it, but yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. It's like, I know that I know 80%. I can't tell you what what which I know oh, okay. yeah, with hundred yeah, percent, yeah. but yeah, yeah. but after the fact, when it's revealed, I really did know what I didn't know. Is eighty percent a specific term he used? Because I had a friend yeah. talk about that kind of. He's like, I'm I'm eighty percent, and I was okay. That's a pretty specific percentage. Now I, it makes sense. I'm like, okay, that's a. I think that kind might, of a holding place. That might be an actual definition okay. of error. No, but that makes sense, and I think a lot of the tr- the truths of the universe are paradoxical. At least paradoxical at first glance. You know what I mean? Like it just seems a lot of truths are paradoxical. Yeah, I mean, and then and then the novelty wears off, and it's like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wait, like, it doesn't seem that paradoxical. No, no, but but it smacks of it sometimes. Yeah, right. I mean, immediately. Yeah, it smacks of paradoxy. Yeah, I think like with, with mimetic theory, the the paradox is that we still have free will. And initially that smacks. No, we can't have free will. We, we learn from imitation from the time we're born. Some suggest before, I don't know how that works in utero, but fuck it. Like, let's just say from the time you're born. Well, then you get a, de- a better definition of free will, a more um, compatibilist free will, which sounds paradoxical itself, right? It's either libertarian mm-hmm. or predestination. It's one or the other. And then you find, no, it's, it's, in the, it's paradoxically in the middle. And then you realize it's not a paradox. Which is the same thing, like with mimetic theory. Of course, we have free will. We have, we have the freedom to choose Christ. Sounds a lot like the middle way. Getting all Buddhist now, huh? It does. Anti-extremism. No. Including. Yeah. Don't be extremist about your anti-extremism. <laughs> Which was right. That's there the middle way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go one level, one level deeper. Yes. Which again gets back to the point that we're all pointing at the moon from different locations. We might mm-hmm. say it different ways. We might mm-hmm. say it in different terms. We might say it from different contexts. But the Buddha is talking the same shit as the Christ. And the Buddha was anti-sacrificial, which really, like, strokes my Girardian dick. <laughs> because the whole thing is, yeah, a, lot, a lot of the whole thing is sacrifice. And why do we sacrifice things? Um, and then getting away from sacrifice because it's barbarism, but it isn't. 
it comes, it, it, it has its place historically. Mm-hmm. But when the Buddha gets anti-sacrificial, he said something about like, he came upon a tribe and he was asking why they sacrifice and something. He said, the only sacrifice is that of the heart or something. He, he twisted the, mm-hmm. the, the, the terminology, but Christ, I, I was like, oh, Jesus would have ate mm-hmm. that stuff up. Yes. Yep. I remember the first time he told me that and I was like, ah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Way to hold it down, Buddha. Yeah. Atta boy. Yeah, I know you're excited about that. I was excited to share that with you because I didn't know. I was like, you know, you start reading Gerard and secondary Gerardian thought and you go deep on it and, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't call myself an expert expert, but if I'm an expert in anything, it's probably mimetic theory. And I was like, I wonder, because then at the same time, I was like, I, I loved Buddhism. I was reading Bhagavad Gita and all that kind of stuff. And you, I knew you. I think, I think you actually asked me before you looked it up Did if I? I knew of any thing that the Buddha said that was specifically anti-sacrificial. And I said, no, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm pretty sure that he isn't anti-sacrificial, but I didn't have anything specific. Specific, yeah, I remember I looked that shit up. But I was like, you know what, I would put my money down. Yeah. You're going to be able to find something. You did. Oh, you're totally confident. (laughs) And I remember I looked that up and I read it and I was like, oh, my boy. Got a text Mike. (laughs) I was like, your boy boy got it, man. (laughs) No need to fret, because if he wasn't, I'd be like, mm, uh-oh. It's like a Trump supporter right there. Uh-oh. What did we find out about him? <laughs> he seemed really cool. Hated the gays. Oh, <laughs> shit. Nah. <laughs> or kind of racist. No, damn it. God damn it. Fuck. No, but he was holding it down. He was holding it down. So that's good. It's always good to hear. Yeah. It didn't... Uh... I you didn't have to have my worldview blown up or anything no, like that. No, you didn't. You'd stay right where you're at. A hellbound heathen. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, I guess I got to start from the beginning again. Shit. Do you ever worry that you're going to hell? Do you ever have moments? <clears throat> no. No, I don't either. I wanted to say something funny, but <laughs> no. <laughs> When's the last time you think you did? Can you remember? Um... Years? Eight to ten years. Oh, wow. I think it's been eight to ten years since I I lost all fear. Okay. I'd say about the same for me. I'm going to have to guess. Maybe 30. <clears throat> Maybe. Something like that. Hard to put a number to it. I wasn't fearful when I wrote my first book. So that was 2014 I started writing. So it's been five years. So it had been a couple years before that, probably. Yeah. Damn. Pushing, um, a, pushing a decade, man. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to say... What we've known each other five, six years. Well, we've known each other longer. I mean, you rent. Well, I but mean, I mean, no, 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 each other in the biblical sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> six years. <laughs> well, 2014. So five, think, five years. I think I was a solid universalist like a year before we started hanging out. Oh, sorry about that. Uh. Yeah, but you had, so, yeah, yeah. you were a solid universalist when we went on that hike and you were dabbling in Buddhism, or you told me that? Yeah. You came out of the Buddhist closet? More, uh, right, a little bit more than dabbling, but... No, but you were a universalist before that, though? Yeah. Oh, man, you were ahead of me then, ahead of the game. Remember, because I was still a little worried for your soul. Yeah. Because I was worried for my soul, of course. Um, I wasn't, like, too worried. I wasn't, like, frightened. But I wasn't. I wasn't there yet. But looking back, that's super funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is pretty funny. 
Do you think that was that was in 2014? We went on that first hike up Sawmill. Yeah, yeah. It okay. was probably in the summer. It was like a month after 420, 2014. Oh, you were out of the hospital. Yeah. So you were just in the hospital then. That's right. Damn. Yeah, when we. Yeah, when we first made contacts, yeah. I was in the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got fucked up, man. I would have been, I would have been at the hospital every day if I knew you then. So. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Smuggling you in some weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were high on other shit, man. Oh, actually, Delauded. is that uh, what it's called? Yeah. That's that's, that's some hardcore shit. Weed. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that though. Just while you're fucked up like that. All broken and shit. Right. But in that specific circumstance, I would I would take the Dilaudid over weed. Oh, totally. Definitely. It has its place. Can't be dualistic, man. Mm-hmm. Heroin has its place. Opium, I mean. Yeah. Or whatever. Definitely. It's and mostly we, into life stuff, maybe. Yeah. But. And then we fuck it up and everyone gets addicted on that shit and dies. But... But that's a different story. Maybe a different episode. Maybe a different episode. Oh, yeah, we could talk about opioids. I don't know if I have much to say on that. I was trying yeah, to think. I, yeah, I, I know. I guess I would. I always try to think of things to say, and then I'm like, can I talk about that for an hour? Mm. Like, is that even my medic theory? We're not an hour in, and I'm like, uh, what, what else do I have to say? I don't want this to be a lecture. You know what I mean? Mm. Just well, I didn't. Or, I knew that I didn't have a, a lot to say, but it seemed like, you know, you might. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on, on the context. Again, <sighs> we're just bullshitting. So, yeah, I could give an hour lecture, I suppose. It might be kind of dry, though. <laughs> I've tried to make it as fun as I can. I try to, like, write in an entertaining way so people will <laughs> read and be like, oh, okay, now I kind of understand it. Because... Sometimes I think it's some some of the shit's too dry. Even like reading Gerard, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like things hidden since the foundation of the world. I read that twice and have referenced it hundreds of times after. And I'm still like, oh my god, this is tough sledding. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> Which again, I'm I don't want to be a scholar. So that's just a different world, man. Way different fucking world. Mm-hmm. Scholarship's boring to me now. Yeah. I have scholar friends. Some sometimes I'll get like essays they wrote or lectures, and just like, I mean, I, I don't, don't even know what the fuck you're saying half the time, really. Right. I don't. I don't like to know things just to know them. Yeah. I mean, I'm very practical in the kind of knowledge that I go after. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. Universalism, because. I need I needed some sort of tool to get me out of the concept of eternal conscious torment. Yeah, because it's hell itself. <laughs> Just believing it. And then Buddhism, because I have trouble living in the present moment, and I realize that Buddhism is a good prescription for that. Sure. Um, sure. And I'm still not very good at it, but um, at least I know. At least I know what the solution is. Well, being good is on a spectrum. I think I think that once you realize that you can, oh, I'm going to be the best Buddhist ever. I think you missed the point, right? I mean, you have to transcend Buddhism too. But, right. I but mean, realizing you, we're all just on this kind of spectrum. Once you cross the river with the boat of Buddhism, 
with with the language of religion, yeah, then of course you get rid of the vehicle that helped you. And yeah. You, um, yeah, you don't drag the boat along with you. But there's there's a piece to understanding that and to being okay where you are in terms of each side of the shore if you're on the river. Right. It's okay that you're in the boat, let's say. It's okay that I'm in the boat. It's okay that fucking other people are in the boat. They don't think they're in the boat sometimes, but that's not the point. Or once you get across the river, that's not to say that you don't have any more questions. Totally. But you you do get to a point where you're not, you know, worried about, you know, whether your soul is going to continue or not. I mean, sure. I think that's essential to having any kind of peace. Um it's been my experience. I mean, I, I think the essential part of getting up, you know, why you cross the river is so that you're always at peace. It's not that you never have any questions or that you're totally. not on, you know, a quest for something else. But yeah, yeah. Because, like we've said before, I mean, part of being human, I think human humans need both adventure mm. and they need home. They need a safe place. Yeah, I like that. I like that you can be at peace and still on the adventure. That goes back to the paradoxical nature. Right. Like it's right, but you don't you don't need you don't need an adventure that is, you know, stupid high stakes like no. losing your soul. I mean Or having your soul tormented or some <laughs> shit. You don't need that. You can have you can have an adventure on a lesser scale, like Disney Definitely. scale or yeah. you know? <laughs> Definitely. Or a Lord of the Rings scale. Are you not? Yeah. I mean, you knew Frodo wasn't going to die on the way to Mordor. He didn't know it. But you're like, no, nah, he's not just going to be dying like Sauron takes over and the book ends. Like, what the fuck? Like, you knew it was going to be. It's not a happy story, necessarily, but it's right. it's not like a tragic one. Or that's not to say that maybe you don't. I mean, I, I like to think of this life as some sort of dream. Sure. Um, where we think that the. The stakes are super high, but then then you wake up into a you wake up. a higher reality, mm. and you're like, <laughs> "That was a ridiculous dream," or or like, or I mean, maybe you maybe you needed to be reminded of how good you have it in the heavenly life. Like maybe yeah. maybe after so many hundreds of thousands of years, you need to get a reminder. <laughs> so you step into this dream, crazy so you step dream into this horrific state. dream, <laughs> maybe. And then you wake up and you're totally grateful that you are where you are. <laughs> and that lasts a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Until it doesn't. It's so bad that it lasts like a couple hundred thousand years yeah. <laughs> and you have to do it again. <laughs> Sounds like an infinite universe. There's some people that postulate that the universe is infinite, eternal, but it's not settled upon. That might get into our... I want to talk about quantum physics next time. Quantum theory. Okay. But who says that? Scientists? Some scientists... Uh, it's it's you know they don't know but they say yeah it's there's potential that the universe is eternal so there's pre-existence before the big bang i was like what cool like there was a there might have been another big bang before this big bang it just goes in cycles like that maybe yeah it, the the universe expands and then it contracts yeah i don't know if it's that or what i think they i mean this is my theory, and I'm not a scientist. <laughs> this is what I think might be true. Okay. And this goes into the, like, sort of multiverse sort of theory. Is that inside each black hole is another universe. Because they don't know what happens at the, at, inside a black hole. 
over the event horizon. Right. Yeah. And or or some sort of wormholes or something something mm-hmm. that inside each of them is a universe. So if you think about it, it's infinite, and our brain can't wrap around infinite. <laughs> we can't an- wrap around universe like expanding forever. But it gets even trippier, I think, for me, <laughs> is that if if there's like let's say there's a universe inside each black hole, well inside that black hole, then that means we're inside of a black hole, and that's inside of a black hole, uh. and inside of our black holes are universes which have black holes which have. I mean, it's it's, it's <laughs> infinity wherever you look, right? Like, it's In all ridiculous. directions. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's fucking it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. I don't know why, but that just sounds exhausting. <laughs> It breaks my brain a little bit. Kind of gives me a migraine. <laughs> but if something like that is true, that would be some crazy shit. I mean, I guess as long as the goal isn't to, like, travel up through all the levels of black holes. Oh, no, you're I not mean, traveling up in any sort of level. But if, just... if that's just how the universe chooses to, you know, create all of this infinite space for creatures to live in. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, it would be no more infinite than, you know, if one universe expands into infinite infinity. But then, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around that either. Like, what's on the no, outside of the, what's on the outside of the expanding universe? I, I don't, I don't conceptualize shit like that. Well, I think that's where the concept fails. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I would say that there's ontologically nothing on the outside of. The expanding universe, but then what's mind. it? But then what's it expanding into? If it's if it's expanding, <laughs> if it's expanding potentiality, I, I I don't know. I mean, that's the yeah. That's that's part partly. That's how our mind fails us when it comes yeah. to infinity. Like oh, we totally. always have to imagine that totally. there's something on the other side of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite potential. What would that even be? That's not. I mean. We can't conceptualize that, I don't think. I don't think we can conceptualize a lot of things. We can't conceptualize how big the universe is, just the known universe. Mm-mm. Billions of galaxies with billions of stars in them, or trillions, one or the other. But it's like a couple trillion times 200 billion or something. There's like a couple trillion galaxies, and within each galaxy, there's right. like a couple hundred billion suns, which each have like planets. Like, how big is that fucking universe? It's fucking, it's a lot of zeros. After I mean, a one. You can conceptualize it. You can think about it. You just can't picture it. You can't picture it. In your head. Yeah, you can conceptualize it. You can't it. draw a picture. Yeah, you can You like. can write the math equation. And if you're smart enough and diligent enough, you can times it out. I think I'm smart enough to figure out what 2 trillion times 200 billion is. I don't think I'm patient enough. I can't write all those zeros and do the, each, <laughs> each one and make sure I keep mm-hmm. track of it. But I can do it. I can technically do it. I cannot visualize that. No. There's no way. I, can anyone? I mean, no. I don't think so. <laughs> so then we can't even... It, then then, then you get to an infinite, then I don't think we can conceptualize it. Not only not picture it, but I don't think we can, I don't think we can quite conceptualize it. Mm. Unless we're being way philosophical and I don't know. I can see the middle way or the different way of like, you can't count to infinity. It's, it transcends... Well, I mean, can't the concept just be that infinite is never-ending? Isn't that... I mean, can't you just define it that way as a a concept? I don't think so. I think never-ending and never-beginning. But, I mean, that's how it's it's defined, though. Like, you can... I would still say you can't draw it, but... Yeah. 
the concept is fin of concept of infinity is never ending and okay so maybe i'm thinking of eternal i'm conflating infinity and eternal eternal i think always is and always was as opposed to infinite oh i don't know well (laughs) (laughs) well well um (laughs) i i really have to pee and i can't really think right (laughs) that's okay (laughs) you go just just go man we can stop and come back to this shit where the fuck is my mouse I can't see shit. Ah, fuck. I found my mouse, and I had to pee, too. So I'm glad we took that break. <clears throat> but I was just talking shit, man. I don't know. I, can't, I don't know if I can conceptualize eternal or infinite. It, it breaks my... Both, both of it breaks my brain a little bit. Maybe, maybe we talk about this. Maybe this is the next episode, but I think that our ability to conceptualize... I think we mistake that with uh, being able to like draw a picture of it, mm. to see a picture of it. Yeah, maybe. But I think we always want to conceptualize by drawing a picture of it. Well, I think w- when we make a concept or you know any definition, it, ultimately we're just drawing we're drawing boundaries mm. um, of how do you separate you know, this thing from this thing. How do you separate a chair from, you know, like a rock that you sit on? Mm. Um, So how do you differentiate between um, something that is eternal and something that isn't eternal? Well, something that's eternal, in whatever way way you want to talk about it, it goes on forever. It doesn't end. I Mm. mean, and that's how, that's how we define it. I mean, that's how we, I mean, you have to have something to point at. You have to have, that's why you have definitions so that, well, what are you talking about when you talk about um, things that have this characteristic? Right, right. So, I mean, well, so maybe I I just have a more limited definition of what a concept is. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'm going to have to think about that one, man. Okay. We'll have to do some. We'll have to do some pondering before we approach this, because I think I'm done with pondering right now. <laughs> yeah, good. So am I. I gotta be honest. It's kind of breaking my brain, man. <laughs> some of this shit's just like way over my head. It's way over my head. But it's fun to talk about. Maybe next time we talk about concepts. All things. Yeah, maybe we should all things have, concepts. We can talk concepts. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. We'll have to do that. Okay. We'll have to ruminate on this. So in the meantime, let's uh, let's enjoy this evening. The sun has set. It's dark as fuck. My feet. I wear Toms. I gotta get some new shoes. These motherfuckers are cold. My, are those the shoes that we hiked in? No, oh. I, I hiked in some old broken ass Sacconis, which I need to get some new running shoes because my shit is tore up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's just chill here for a little bit. And um, as always, thanks for the conversation. It was good. I enjoyed myself. My pleasure. Your pleasure. I'm here for your pleasure. And I'm here for your pleasure, listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thanks for listening. We don't have to tell you not to be a dick because by now you're not a dick. You're so woke that you've left your dick behind and you've embraced non-dickness. Or you just haven't been paying attention. Or you haven't been listening to the end of the show. I still can't find my goddamn fucking mouse. <laughs> There it is. All right. Peace and love, everyone.